This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. of that Millwall podcast today we have a who are you and it's quite a special who are you this today actually we because we've got um the last one of the 22-23 season and we're joined by the latest that Millwall podcast panelist Dan Dan how are you yeah yeah um still in a state of shock I, I think um after the unfortunate events of Monday um but you know at least we have what two three months before we can before we've got to get over it and go all over again yeah and obviously for the benefit of the of the listeners we're recording this a couple of days after the um the Blackburn fixture I'm not going to try and dwell too much on that there's a lot of other stuff that's going out on the channel but um as I say yeah we, we we're still in shock that the pair of us have obviously after the the damaging damaging defeat but today this is this is a show all about Dan um, it's usually an opportunity for us to, to get to know our listeners but we're getting to know our new panelists today so um, you'll be seeing a lot more of Dan uh, next season, obviously over the summer as well with transfer news. So it's great to have him on board. But Dan, if you want to just kick us off, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, um, yeah, um, I'm, I work uh, in the media industry, so I'm a little bit uh, familiar with podcasts and stuff. I've done a bit of radio work in particular in my time um, in the last few years. Um, and I've been a Mill season ticket holder, I think, since the 2009-10 season. I'm only 21, so I missed out, unfortunately, on all the uh, the all the fun times of the old then. But I've had, we've had some good ones in the new then. So absolutely, and and I think obviously a little bit younger than myself, but I would imagine that lots of people who are a similar age, it's quite interesting because you've probably been supporting the club at a time. One of the most successful times in the club's history. So you, you come along at the right time. You get rid of some of the older um, dross memories, and and come towards some some better times. But you obviously said you've been supporting Millwall or season ticket holders since two thousand and nine. Why Millwall? Well, it was actually it's quite interesting because I've got one half of my family is my dad's family. They're all from they have roots in South London, Bermondsey. My nan used to work in the biscuit factory in Bermondsey. Um, and they all live like in Orpington, that sort of area. So still like South London, bit bit, bit more Kent, but still South London. Um, and then my mum's side of the family, they're all from uh, like Stepney, Limehouse, East London. So they're all West Ham fans. So it was kind of like, yeah, it was an interesting one. So I had the decision to make. So no, but um, 
yeah, my dad, my dad got me into the Millwall game first, and you know, I've, I've loved it, and I've, I've never really looked back. Yeah, it's just to say, sorry to your mum's side of the family, but obviously you chose the right, yeah. you chose the right <laughs> way to go. Um, in the end, of I'm course, sure, I'm sure I would imagine as well it'd be quite difficult even for your mum or your dad because it's not like they support teams that are just they're just different football teams, they're big rivals, so you had to go one way yeah. or the other. But as I say, you 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 chose you chose well. Um, in terms of your your first game, I, I obviously off camera we we previously spoke um, that I think you were possibly too young to remember the 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 cup final back in two thousand and four. But what what was your first memory of a game? So my first game I remember was Cheltenham at home in two thousand and eight. Um, I was still a bit of a pain back then. I did I didn't get a season ticket that season. I was. I was feeling like I was more interested in watching other stuff like outside the ground, like the trains and stuff. I was just always struggled to pay attention to the football when I went at first. Um, but no, I, I remember, I do remember that was the first game we went to. One, two, nil. It was um, a Gary Alexander penalty, and then Dave Martin scored the second goal. Um, and then I went, and then I came to the next time game, which is MK Dons at home, and we lost four nil on that game. So that was um, very much a welcome to Millwall, I think. Yeah, the, 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 <laughs> so the yeah, bipolar Millwall. Uh, hit you early first yeah. game win second game defeat I think in that MK if it's the game I'm thinking of I think Paul Robinson scored an own goal at... yeah I've, I've got that season review on DVD and it's a proper comical own goal it that is, one. It, it, uh, funny enough I was talking I, I went to the awards the other night and Robbo was there and didn't mention it to him didn't want to dampen the mood too much but as we left sort of his table I was saying to a couple of the other guys I think he scored one of the worst own goals and it was actually so your second game was was actually that that um... yeah it was it was that one yeah I think I think me and my dad left at, at three nil to my dad I think I was being a pain and we was losing my dad was like let's not bother sticking around I remember we got back to the station South Burmese and someone's like it's four nil now oh, yeah. it was like great so we made the right decision we made the right decision to leave so yeah that was the first season where I kind of started dipping my toe in and then we had Scunthorpe um, at the end of that season at Wembley um, and obviously we'd had Leeds in the playoffs but by the time you know I think we had that that Leeds game I, I'd calmed down a little bit and you know I, I was hooked and since then I've never never really looked back. And in terms of um, your sort of experiences obviously starting with a win helps I think most kids or, or even if you're an adult I suppose when you go to your first game you do still remember things do you remember the sort of atmosphere what were your sort of first impressions of, of the ground and the den oh well I think I was I mean I'd seen it a million times because um, I used to, I used to I live in uh, Kent so I'd go up and down a lot on the train I still have family in London my dad used to work in London so I'd go up and you know my mum and see my family and stuff so I'd always gone past the den loads of times on the train um and but then to actually be outside I think I was like in a little bit of shock at like how big it actually was I don't think you actually get a sense when you go past it a million times like actually um how big it is I, I always remember as well um stepping like walk, doing the little walk down I sit in block 46 so doing that little walk like out and you, you see the pitch mm-hmm. and you know I think that was the time where I was really starting to get into my football started playing not that long as well like before that so I was yeah it was quite a special moment to be there and and I, I didn't realise how much my dad actually went up until that point until he actually started taking me along all the time and that leads me on quite nicely I, you, it's as almost as if we've rehearsed this but I was going to ask you yeah. obviously you said they're block 46 are you still do you still is that where you still see it have you ever moved or is that is that home I, if block 46 has been open I, I, I've pretty much always sat there there's been a very few times where I've sat upstairs when I was quite a bit younger when uh, me and my dad 
there was another boy who, lived, who went to my school who supported Millwall. They lived just around the corner from us. So sometimes we'd go and sit in the upper dockers um, with them. But pretty much if block 46 is open uh, and I'm, I'm at the game, I, 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 I don't see any reason for me to change. I've sat in the in the Barry Kitchener a couple of times when the Dockers has been closed for cup games, but it just doesn't feel the same to me. No, it's, it's funny really, because I, I, I started in the lower tier in, uh, in the Colbo Lane, now I'll sit in the upper tier and I would never, I don't think, obviously the cup games you've got no choice, as you say, if they don't open up the stand, you, you have to sit somewhere else. But given the choice, it's just, it. my seat feels like my seat is home. And I imagine obviously that's the same for you. And yeah. I'm assuming your dad has always sat in that in that block as well. Yes, it, he sat there since the uh, since the, uh, the the new den as it is now. He's, my whole family have sat there. We go. My granddad doesn't go as much now, but I mean he's eighty seven or eighty eight. So you know he's he's seen plenty of Mill over his lifetime. He's had a good crack. And then there's me, um, my dad, and my two cousins who are a bit older. Um, so yeah, but we always we've always sat there. And and what are your impressions and or thoughts now? of the ground i mean i i'm actually a believer i i hate it being called the new den it's now 30 years it's the den to me and yeah. because i never i was to just missed the old den bracket unfortunately so i've ever i've only ever known the den as it is today what are your thoughts of the ground today um well yeah i'm with you like to me it's it's the den it's not it's not the new den i mean i think it doesn't help me as well the fact i miss i missed the old den as it was um but, you know, I, I think, you know, even when I go to away games, there's so few grounds that you go to that you're so close to a pitch for second tier football. Um, so, you know, I think that really, you know, when we when we look back at them kind of Millwall atmospheres, I, I won't mention a few games, so we'll come on to a few of them later. But when I think back to like the proper Millwall atmospheres I've been at, it's that um, it's the closeness of the ground that keeps it like that hostile and keeps the atmosphere here and unlike these kind of like soulless bowls like like West Ham's like Reading's you know it's, you, you struggle to get an atmosphere going in them kind of grounds so yeah and you know I, I know there's they've mentioned expansion a few times I don't think now's the right time I'm sure there will probably be a point possibly in the next 10 years maybe a little bit longer where they do have to expand but I don't think right now is the right time for expansion and in in what sense I just think that, you know, we, we have had some very good home crowds this season, but we haven't, you know, I think we have to be like consistently on the on the sellout for every home game effectively to even contemplate doing it. And as well, like, I mean, I've seen the designs. I, I, I'd be scared of, you know, losing that kind of mill atmosphere. And as well, another thing, like what, presumably they'd have to shut the ground to redevelop it for a little bit. Where would we where would we play? You know, that's a that's another thing to put in it. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. It's an interesting point because there's no point in developing the ground in the ter- in in the sense of the capacity. I think I would agree with you there because if you're not selling out your ground to make it bigger, really doesn't doesn't make sense. I think in terms of if you've got Premier League aspirations, you might need to do some works. Um, perhaps behind the scenes with your, you know, your far and your facilities that the Premier League like to have. So, I think if we were to see any kind of sort of work done on the den, I think that would be the way they would go first. I agree with you. Yeah. In terms of the actual capacity, there's probably no need to um, at this at this moment in time. And it's only, I mean, we speak about. Obviously, don't want to keep talking about the season just gone, but we've had five, four or five sellouts out of twenty three. Yeah. So it probably doesn't warrant, you're probably right there, that it doesn't warrant um, 
it doesn't warrant uh, too much of a change right now. Um, moving away from the ground, uh, I'm going to ask you, and it's really interesting to see what you answer, what your answer is to this. I think I know, but I'll I'll let you, I'll, I'll tell you if I'm right after. In your lifetime, in your, in your time supporting the club, who would you say is the best player that you've seen in a Millwall shirt? Right, best would probably have to be Zian. I think he is the in terms of the best on paper. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you watch him play, he does things, you know. I mean, Jed Wallace was brilliant. Me and my cousins actually said to each other last season, you know, I don't think in our maybe in our lifetime, not for a while, we, we probably wouldn't see anyone as good as Jed. And I think, personally, I think we have found someone better. Um, my favourite mm-hmm. Millwall player is Alan Dunn. Okay. Because... He was, I was a right back when I was younger. So, you know, looking up and he, he was pretty much a one club man. He, to me, he epitomised Millwall Football Club. There was there was one home game where I think it was about January 2011, something like that. I, I don't know the exact date of it, but I'm sure it will come to mind when I say it. We lost 6-0 at home to Birmingham. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've read Dunny's book, so I remember I remember reading it about it from his like first like account. I think we was four 0 down, and he just said, I just remember like Vlad Zigic up front, and for like someone who was six for eight, he just kept falling to the floor. And Dunny was like, I just weren't having it, so I was like, I, Dunny, I think Dunny put something like, I might as well give him a reason to put him on the floor after a while. So I think Dunny went straight through him. I think he got a four game ban for it. So, but no, he, he's a he's a Millwall boy. He's and you know he's someone who I looked at growing up, one club man. And he was he was generally Mr. Dependable for us, even when it started going to shit under Holloway. He was always someone you'd look at as someone who would step up and be a leader in that team. It's interesting, really, because personally, me as an individual, I have a lot of time for Alan Dunn. Um, if for those who've, who, I'm not going to spoil it, but if you would like to know why, go to watch my Who Are You and I'll explain a little bit more. But I've got a lot, of, I do have a lot of time for for, for Alan Dunn um, as an individual. And I think for somebody that lasts at a football club, and I, I might, this might get fact-checked, but I think he's, I think he was here under 13 managers and or, or, or caretaker managers. For someone to stay under that amount of managers and for managers not to get rid of him, I think shows just how important he was to, to, the, to the club and, and to each of his team. And I think... Um, Neil Harris spoke of, of, about when it was him that actually released Alan Dunn and how difficult yeah. it was because he was a teammate of his. And I, I, yeah. I just think people speak so highly of him. And I think he's one that's that goes severely underrated um, in a Millwall shirt because he's yeah. not a forward, was, he's not a winger. He was just, a, as you say, Mr. Dependable. Yeah, he, I remember reading his book. He said... He remembers writing it. He said he remembered when Kenny Jacket walked in, and he said he knew Kenny Jacket would be um, a good Millwall manager because the first thing he said to Alan Dunn was, "Find yourself a new club. I don't want you here." Which is, you know, you wouldn't have seen that coming because, you know, Dunny ended up being. I think that was when he kind of ended up. He was more a right mid, and then gradually under Jacket, he moved back to that right back kind of role. Yeah. So it was interesting. But yeah, no. So for me, it was Dunny. But there's there's a couple of honourable men- honourable mentions uh, in terms of my favourites. Obviously, Neil Harris is one. You know, I, he was like Neil Harris, Steve Morrison, um, Robinson, and just just for the Blackburn FA Cup game alone, Danny Shearer as well. Yeah, again, it's I think especially with you know you tend to find when you ask people these questions, if you're of an older generation, you, you, most people are, you know are touting Teddy. 
and and players like that and, and of a younger generation that's out in Neil Harris and Steve Morrison it's always the forwards that of course they the people remember the goal scorers especially as a kid you remember the person that, that was scoring goals but you know I think Danny Shitter I think Paul Robinson Alan Dunn players like that are, are so you know Millwall they got Millwall even Shitter wasn't there for a long a long time I think he understood us as a club and I think yeah it's interesting I think did he have two spells shooter in the end I think he had two possibly I could be possibly. wrong there, but I think I think he had two and as you say that that Blackburn um the, the goal of Blackburn and I think in the game beforehand as well he hit a shot from about 40 yards yeah had that have gone in the I well the, one of the stands would have that would have been the best so, goal yeah, ever it, it would have it was an incredible hit and again he just he was one that you know not a Millwall fan not a Millwall boy as as, as you know some of our players today but somebody that come in and, and I know perhaps it might have ended a bit poorly and, and and whatnot towards the end but he got he got us and he, he enjoyed playing for us and it was it was quite a nice he was he was quite a nice quite a nice fella as well if you ever got the chance to meet him he, yeah he um he, he always spoke very well to, to fans um i'll take it I, I, obviously um as our listeners know the, the questions tend to be obviously the same and we tend to flow quite nicely but i'm gonna throw a little bit of a curveball i'm going to change the order slightly a little bit um you mentioned that zian fleming is probably the best player that you've that you've seen play for Mill. So talking about this current squad, obviously um, it's going to change because the season has now ended. So we'll we'll base it on who's at the club now. Ziam obviously will be your best, but who do you think is our most important player at the moment in the current squad? I think it's between two, may, maybe three if I'm, if I'm being a bit more generous, I think if I'm being a bit more generous, I'm probably putting Cooper into that bracket. Okay. Just, be, just because, um, you know, in fact, well, no, you know what? I'm going to, I'm rethinking it a little bit now. I think Cooper and Savile are just that little bit behind Fleming. Okay. I think, I think, you know, what's, what Savile does is, is brilliant. Don't get me wrong. You know, there's very few players, you know, I mean, even if you look at it just from a Millwall point of view, the fact he's came back to Millwall, I think it's his third or fourth spell with the club now, you know, and mm. he's always he's always served us well. And we've got a very different Savile now to the one that we sold in 2018. I think... Very... Yeah, I think you're right there. I think Savile is someone... Again, Zian Fleming is the attacker. It's the player that... It's for the reason why he won player of the season, because he scored the goals. But it's the players like Cooper and Savile that... Cooper's played 300 games. Savile's in his third spell with the club, so he's probably racking up a fair few appearances. The Zian Flemings and the Jed Wallaces come and go, and they will, and we have to accept that, but there's the stalwarts, the players that get the club, as you say, that I think make them who they are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, I think I think Savile is, is a very, very good player, and, you know, he definitely gets us. But, you know, if, if he was... Let, let's say we started next season and he, he was to get injured. For me, I, I think we've got Leonard who can do, you know, like a very good job in there as well. So, you know, but I think Savile, you know, I, I was actually a little bit surprised he didn't win player of the year just because, you know, of the, the, the usual Millwall kind of way of voting. It's usually a defender or a... Or yeah, a it, it, it's funny that you say that because I think there's a lot of people that were quite surprised. Um 
uh, Saville not winning the player of the season. But as you say, I think Millwall fans have a lot of respect for, as you, you, you touched on, Alan Dunn was your, your favourite player, that the players that maybe do go a little bit under the radar, the ones that don't necessarily maybe get the man of the matches or in the team of the week, but the ones that do the hard graft in the background and I think that's what makes us such a unique club as well it's obviously we want star but everybody wants a star player everybody wants to find a Haaland or a Messi or whatever but you know sometimes at Mill you know you do have to have the, the grafters and they certainly fall into that into that category um an interesting question now coming up because if memory if my memory serves me well you haven't got many to choose from and I've got a feeling you're not going to choose one particular individual but who would you say is probably your favourite Millwall manager yeah well that's what I was thinking we have actually had a bit of mm. stability um, since I've been manager um, if if Mondays was, was slightly different it probably would have been a, a, two, a very simple two word answer but I can't I can't give it to, mm. I can't give it to Gary Rowett now you know, he he would have taken us to to a new high that I haven't seen in in mm. my lifetime. I know, you know, early two thousands when just before I was born, you know, we and kind of around the time I was born, we had the FA Cup run, um, we had the playoffs in O one O two where we lost to Birmingham, um, and obviously and in the season the FA Cup run happened as well. Again, I'm going to reference Dunny's book here again, but he said he didn't. He thought if we hadn't made the FA Cup final that season, he thinks we would have gone on to get promoted mm. that season. So, you know, but I can't, I can't say Gary Rowett just because he hasn't taken us to that next level, which I thought he could have done. So, you know, looking back in my lifetime, I'm not going to pick Ian Holloway and I'm not going to pick <laughs> Steve Lomas. So <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm all, I'm almost down to two by default. I'm down to Kenny Jacket mm. and Neil Harris almost by default. Um, I'm, I'm going to go for Neil. Um for a couple of reasons. One, it was his first job in management when he came to us. I think he was always probably going to get a bit more of a free pass with us than he maybe would yeah. have any other team. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he inherited a, a bright mess of a squad, mm. really, didn't he? You know, being, you know, Holloway's, you know, kind of, oh, no, we, we, we didn't win this week. Let's sign, like, Angel Martinez on, like, a one-month loan and just see what happens there. So... I think Neil Harris, and as well, you know, we finished eighth this season. Let's not forget Neil Harris's best championship finish with us was eighth as well. So if you'd almost look at it from that point, you know, I, I wouldn't say he is a, on a level playing field with Gary Rowett as a manager, but he's equaled his best achievement with us. Mm. So for me, you know, um, Kenny Jacket as well, you know, did an unbelievable job for us, you know. Um, but I did think when Kenny left, it was the right timing. Um, you know, I, I do think, you know, the road had just ran out for him. Um, but that's not to say what a brilliant job. And again, I, it's just, uh, with managers, there's like a cycle, isn't there? And it, it happens It happens at the very top of, of, of world football, you know, for a Mourinho, for example, was so good for so long. He's still a good manager, but he's not the Mourinho of of 20 years ago that Alex Ferguson towards the end wasn't getting the best out of the Man United players. So at every level it happens. And I think Jacket, you're right. I think he's, he'd, he'd run his race. There, there was no more for him to achieve. Harris probably again, um, fantastic what he did, got us into the championship after the Holloway years. And, and, and again, it got to the point where he probably just couldn't take us any further. And it's interesting. You mentioned Rowett and, and, the fact that he's equaled Harris's best place is he at the end of his 
of his tenure as as Millwall manager. I don't know that that will be that will be sort of decided perhaps over the next couple of months. But he will eventually yeah. get to a point where he will say, and it will, we all know it's coming that he can't take us any further. And I think as a club like ours, you you kind of have to take the good times and Jacket and Harris achieve big things during theirs before their their end of the road. Um. A little bit of a turn on now, a little bit of a, a twist on this. And it, I love these questions because it's always interesting. Every time you watch Millwall play, I'm pretty sure you're like most of or myself and most of our fans. You want every single player to do well. You support them. But we have had some shockers that have put on a Millwall shirt over the, over the years. So I, I'll ask for one. There might be a couple because there usually is. But who would you say is the worst player you've seen in a Millwall shirt? Yeah, there's there's a few, you know. I've I've seen the um, who's the worst striker tweet. I think that's been mm. doing the rounds recently, and you know, some people put Tom Elliott in there, which I thought was unbelievably yeah. harsh. You know, I don't I don't even think you know even in my lifetime he's in the top ten. You know, I mean, I I, I just had a, a quick note of like the the first two that sprung to mind were you know uh, the Hoff. You know, aside from that Middlesbrough away game where he scored them two goals, which I was arguably kept us up uh, that season, didn't really do much. Bit, but bit like a lamppost, really. Um, and then someone of a completely different build to him and Gary Taylor Fletcher. I mean, kind of says mm. it all, really. That one, yeah, it? that signing. Um, Rob Hulse and Danny and Gesson also probably need a mention in that kind of bracket. Um, but you know, we've had so many bad strikers, I actually want didn't want to pick a striker for this one, so I've actually gone with. I don't even. I think he played about two or three games for us in, in about 2010. So you probably got to have a good memory to remember this bloke. He's called Berthold Asko. Um, he came in from Norwich on loan, and it was the first ever away game I went to with my dad. Um, I think he came on as a sub. It was Leicester away. We lost four two. He came on as a sub, and within about 20 minutes, he just went straight through. He was. I think it was Yakubu. He just put him straight on the floor with like an awful tackle, and was like, well. He got sent off, and I think we saw him once again after that. And he was just, yeah, I, I just, I think I, I had to put him just because I was there as well at that Leicester game. I, I love that you've given an answer that's so quite obscure, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that there'll be people that will be listening to going, "Oh, I don't know that." So I'm gonna have to, and they will look it up, which is great. So if you were at that Leicester game and you remember it when you come to watch this drop a comment and we'll see if anybody has as good a memory as you i'll be honest with you i don't remember him so i am going to be one of those that go and look him up at the end of this video but um yeah if you were there make put a comment in and 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 uh if you if you remember him and again another interesting one obviously i don't particularly care too much about the oppositions that come to us i want us to win you know star players you always do this you've had your like, for example, this year, your Guy Carez, your, your Tellers, you know, you know the star players. Years gone by, you've had Tarrat, you've had Wes Houlihan. But we also have come up against some pretty bad players. Do you, any any players that stand out as sort of the worst player you've seen play against us or have shockers against us? Yeah, this, it's, it's, it's like you mentioned, isn't it? Like, you, you don't really try and pay too much attention, you know. I, I almost had to think back to, like, what was the, the easiest win I've ever seen Millwall got uh, get and you know almost pick try and remember you know so I've gone with we played Blackport I'm 2018 I think something like that it was a league one game but this is when Blackpool were mm. on their demise so I, I, I did feel a bit bad from at the time but you know that they were still putting out a team so you know we can only beat what's in front of us mm. in the day can't we 
Um, but they, they had a right back called Hayden White. Um, and we had Jed Wallace and Shane Ferguson on the wings. And he just had an absolutely torrid afternoon. I think he got sent off with about 15 minutes to go. And I think that was, you know, he just every single time we got the ball straight down that wing, straight past him. He was really, really poor. And, you know, he, he was probably massively out of his depth because I think now he's playing for, I think he's playing for Walsall now. Um, and he's obviously going to be a bit older now. So he's either really highly rated when he was younger or just absolutely desperate that Blackpool was about the only, mm. the only team that would probably take I him. I actually think that was Jed Wallace's first goal. I think he scored a free kick. Um, it went, Terrible free kick. Straight, it straight went through the, along the ground, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, yeah, it yeah. was. I, I, I vaguely remember that. And I remember them having one sent off. But, um, but yeah, again, um, you don't. Re- I don't pay too much attention to your. You know, as I say, you know the better players. Uh, I think there's a lot more focus on the yeah. championship now than what there was perhaps ten, fifteen years ago. So everybody knows everyone. They know that the better players and and stuff like that. Um, Coming on to to games now, obviously you touched on earlier that you had a couple that you were going to mention. Um, there might be a crossover in some of these, so feel free to give two or, or three answers if if needed. Um, most memorable match involving Millwall? Well, I'm, I'm, firstly, I'm going to have to say Blackburn for the wrong reasons. <laughs> um, the, the, the absolute elation when that Ollie Burke goal went in was untouched. Um, it's probably one of the the best celebrations I can remember down Millwall for a long time, just for it to, you know, go Mm. so flat, um, so quickly. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. As well. So, you know, and to come so close, that's why I've, I've got to put it in there as well um, as a memorable one for the wrong reasons. For the right reasons, two games, both home games, both FA Cup games. The first one is Leicester. Um you know, 10 men against, you know, it was, I've said this to my mates, actually, it was probably a little bit unlucky that we beat the Premier League champions at home and out of every single Premier League champion we ended up beating, it was probably the the worst mm. team, arguably. which I know is a bit harsh on Leicester because they did just win the league. But if you say you beat the Premier League champions at home in an FA Cup game, you, you expecting someone to turn around and go, oh, what, you beat Man City, mm. Chelsea, yeah. United or whatever. So, you know, but it was a great day. Um, 90th minute as well. That was that was brilliant. Um, I remember sharing that moment with my granddad, which was quite a nice moment. Yeah, absolutely. Him. You know, the, the, the youngest generation with the oldest generation in, in our family, which was quite nice. Um, and then the second FA Cup game is mm-hmm. Everton. Again, when I think of like a proper Millwall atmosphere and Millwall like scenario that that was it you know the, the pissing down rain it was absolutely horrible in there mm. that night um you know and the little bit of shit out as well with Cooper's equaliser 
but it was that was brilliant that that was it's it's really funny you say that because we we uh, to say a couple of us went to the end of season awards the other night and we had murray wallace on our table and he was talking very fondly of the of the everton game and very fondly of cooper's uh, he said the ball hit him here. It wasn't handball, and it was kind of like, "Come on, we 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 all know what it was. It's fine. You don't have to. You don't have to. You know, you're not trying to con the ref." But yeah. as you say, everything about both of those games for different reasons. I think Leicester. I think Leicester. We were, we obviously were under the cosh. They had a few more chances. We were down to ten men, but it was a real gritty, yeah. determined performance. Whereas probably the best performance Jordan yeah. Archer's ever had he, in his career as well considering he did he pull his groin in like the second minute yeah. kicking the ball as well because I don't think he I don't think he played for a while yeah and he, he, he it was incredible it was absolutely incredible and and the fact that you know the, the dogged defense and, and and Nick one sort of underdog spirit whereas I think the Everton game was more I think whilst they took the lead twice we were we we sort of gave it to them. We got stuck in. We, they were they yeah. were fragile, and and it was more of a we're going to come at you, and we're going to try and win the game. I think Lee Gregory's goal in that game goes severely underrated because of what happened. Because that header was phenomenal, yeah. um, a phenomenal yeah. finish, and obviously Coops, the, the it was handball. There's, there's no getting around it. It was handball, yeah. and then Murray Murray Wallace at the end again. In recent times, those kind of games and the atmospheres, as you say, like you don't forget them. You just don't forget them. You go, you leave. No. Even I mean, I know. Again, we talk about the, the Blackburn game, but at half time, that those atmospheres, you don't forget because you're just so caught up in it. Obviously, we'll hope to forget Blackburn sooner rather than later. Yeah, we, we'll nice, be talking about that in a few years' time. We'll still be talking about Everton. So yeah. Um, and and what would you say? I mean, obviously, those were two big games. Murray Wallace's goal was a great moment. Um, Sean Cummings' goal was a great moment. Either of those, your favourite ever Millwall moment or anything else that tops that? Yeah, uh, I, I would have to go the Murray Wallace goal just because I, I remember I have, my mate came with me that day. My dad couldn't come, so one of my mates came with me. Um, and we got given the free kick and we, we got both our goals from set pieces already that game. And I said, turned around to my mate and said, here we go, this is it. And he was like, what, you reckon we've scored? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, bloody hope so. We've got to go to Liverpool in midweek. And then I was like, Williams whipped it in. I remember it. I remember turning to him. I was like, this year, I've got to go to Liverpool in midweek. And there was that split second where that ball landed at Murray Wallace's mm-hmm. feet. And I just saw it. I just shouted, or <laughs> is it? It was like, um, it was like one of them like life, like flashing yeah. before your eyes moments. Like I almost couldn't believe that like, because it, it, it literally just fell to him. And like within a second, it mm-hmm. was in the back of the net. And I was like, oh my, like I've just, it's wow. fun. It, the, yeah, it's funny you say that because it, even when you watch it back now, I remember it live, uh, obviously watching it back, time stops for a split second. It's yeah. just like, it's almost as if it's stuck. The ball just stuck to the ground and he's just waiting for someone, either one of theirs to kick it or, or Wallace to kick it. And then it, 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 it didn't go quiet in the ground. It never goes dead quiet, especially when we're attacking, but it no. felt like it did. And then all of a sudden everyone's up and, and going nuts. Yeah. It, it it's um it's, it's just great it's the cummings video as well there's a video um i'll encourage any millwall fan who's watching this um go and put in uh to your youtube search bar when you finish watching this one go and put in millwall fans enjoy if you haven't seen it there's a video from the leicester end of the mm. cummings goal mm-hmm. when it goes in and the celebrations and there's that like we just mentioned there that split second where like Gregory slips it through to him and you just hear all the seats like rattle when everyone stands up. It's just like one of them magic moments. It's also that you. video as well. If you, if, when, if you go to watch it after there's, you almost hear like a gasp as well. 
it's the it's the seats rattling and the like because you think oh my god this is it and then obviously Cummins scores yeah. and and you know Sean Cummins as well by the way was someone he was all right he did a job you know he was a okay right back yeah he will forever be a Millwall folklore forever it's not like you know your Morrisons and Harris's or everybody knows and loves but Sean Cummins the the right back that scored that goal he'll always be it'll always be forever forever um forever remembered um off camera you needed a bit of time to to think about this gonna um but your your best story your best story following Millwall um well the the my, my the funniest moment um was Fulham away the one where we won one nil after two games we was top right. of the league um I think we all we all got a bit carried away but I just remember that um there was that couple weren't they there I don't know mm-hmm. if he was there that day you've mm-hmm. probably seen the photos of that couple walking yeah, through yeah. the park and me and my dad me and my dad walked straight past and we just turned to each other and we were like that's not that's just not no. going to end well is it and then sure enough next thing you know you see everyone running right around it taking ruining all the photos and everything i think they actually quite enjoyed it i think they sort of took it in a good spirit to be fair to them but you know me and my dad it was just the way me and my dad turned to each other was just like it's just that's just not going to end well they probably should have planned that there's one a certain bit things that happen when you follow it especially when you follow a club like mill when you you are with you know, lots of supporters because you know we take a we usually take a good crowd to Fulham, so there's always a, a good following. Yeah. And certain things you just think, as you say, that's not good. It's not good. Like, and as you know, I think they had no choice but to take it well because they were going to do it anyway. The supporters were going to do it anyway, yeah. so they had no choice but to just kind of get involved and laugh and, along with it. Although I would imagine that they probably went back to. Um, back to the park and probably took those photos on another occasion where there wasn't yeah my, yeah maybe when it was slightly <laughs> yeah, quieter fans. yeah that was that was a good moment yeah that's that was one of my first that was my second away game I think so that's that's one that always sticks with me my first the first away game I'd seen us win as well so that's probably why that absolutely one and, me, and then I say your best your best story I think that was the I think we got a bit confused I'd say that was probably right the, the best um funniest one so there was Sheffield Wednesday at home in 2018. It was really, you know, really rainy, kind of wet, horrible night. And one of the one of the advertising audience blew mm. onto the pitch. Yeah, I um, and the steward tried to run on. Yeah, he tried to run on, and he made a right, right, a mate, right mm. old meal of it, didn't he? That's, that's, I think it's best left at that. So, yeah, that was that was a that was a good moment. Another one, you know, this one's a bit more personal to me. So there was one time. When was the two-two draw with QPR? when Harry Redknapp had the ball in his face and then we had it in the net. That was under later. Holloway, I think. I think that was I think that yeah. was the year he that was the year he kept us up when he first came in. Yeah. Uh, that, twenty about twenty fourteen. Fourteen, fifteen or rough roughly, yeah. Roughly. About then. So yeah, I was um I was supposed to be ball boy that day, so I don't know if anyone's ever been ball boy or their kids ever been ball boy. So you have to, they tell you to get to the ground for roughly about kind of one quarter past one because they want you out in place of the warm-ups and you have to you know have the list of rules read to you mm. whatever and so anyway so me and my dad we left and my dad was like we'll, we'll make it wasn't the first time i've been ball boy so my dad was like right well if we leave here if we get the train from here at about half 11 we'll get to the ground at half 12 plenty of time and you know it's like this every, everything will be fine the, the trains are never delayed mm. no no there was a, a massive line side fire um and I was trying to get the train in that day and I 
And nearly, I mean, I was trying to get to the ground for one o'clock. I I think I even missed the first five minutes. That's how bad it Mm. was that day. Um, You know, the the ball board vote was very nice. He was like, I'll make sure I get you back in for another game, which was, you know, very nice of him. But, you know, it's just like one of them where it's kind of like sticks in your mind. I was like, oh, God, I've let the club down. I've let everyone down here. I've like, bloody chains. It's like, yeah, no. But so that that one's a, a funny moment. You know, I can look back at it now and laugh, but I certainly wasn't laughing. No, um, there's certain the there's certain times as well. I remember going to games with with my dad or friends or whatever, and you sort of plan it. You get there nice and early, or you park up, or you get the train. You might go for a drink, or get some food, whatever. But there's times where I've, we we've got there and you've just missed kickoff or something, and you sort of panicking because you know the time's getting on. Especially in that scenario, you know that they're waiting for you or expecting you to be there, and you're probably thinking, and yeah. uh, well. They, uh, to be fair to Millwall, with stuff like that with the kids, they 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 do a lot of good stuff. They do, you know, they do look after the Litlands pretty well. So I'm I'm sure. Did you get to go yeah. be a ball boy again after? Did they, did they actually cut? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had, they had there that you go. So you didn't. Times, you yeah, you so. haven't got a black mark next to your name at the ground. They still. No, still... <laughs> I've outgrown it now, but um, yeah, no, they didn't. No, they didn't hold anything against me. And obviously, I think you touched on um, Fulham away. As, as obviously the first away day that you, you that you saw us win, best away day. That's certainly up there, um, just because it's the first one I've seen us win, um, and up until this season, it was the only one I'd I'd seen us win. So by process of elimination, it almost has to be in there for me. Um, and then I've I've been I've seen us win a couple of times away. I've seen Bristol City, QPR, and Reading. Um, this season QPR was a really yeah. good day actually and as well actually QPR last season um, the first game back I actually mentioned in the last pod I did with Mickey and Ben um, I ended up getting COVID after that one so you know I think I put it down but it was you know it was the first day back first game back sorry so that was a, that was a really good one um, QPR this season was good um, I think because it was the f- because Leicester was the first one I went to and Fulham was the first one I saw us win. I think them two are the the most memorable ones. They'll be the ones I look back in in kind of ten years time and go, yeah, I, mm. I remember them and, and probably the QPR last season when especially when Jetson as well. That was that was a special moment. So they'll be the two ones. I don't think in. I mean, I might I might look back in ten years time for playing QPR away in ten years time. I think here we are for like the tenth season in a row. I might think back to the one time we've ever won there. Um, which was last season. Yeah, I mean, I I, I was there. Um, I was at QPR this year. I did a few a few of the aways this year myself, and that 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 was a cracking day. The atmosphere from our end was absolutely superb. I thought. Um, yeah. I, I've always enjoyed going to QPR. Some people don't, but I, I I've always, I've actually always enjoyed. I mean, when I've been, we tend to draw a lot when I, I go there. So as I say, and obviously we've not won there up until this season for a long time, but. Yeah. Most of the time that I'd gone, I don't think I'd seen us lose. It's just that we kept drawing. And there was a, a few years ago, I'm not sure if you you may have got, it was it actually was under Holloway. It was the year we stayed up under Holloway and Scott Malone scored right at the end, right in front of us. I wasn't and, there, but I remember I've seen the video. Oh, it was, it was incredible. I don't think, I don't think I've ever, I mean, we've scored at Wembley and we've scored big goals, you know, throughout the years. I don't think I've ever seen any yeah. people around me and myself celebrate a goal. So I have fond memories of QPR um, of myself. And obviously Jed's yeah. goal was huge after COVID, you know. I think the players really 
the players will I think the players will remember that. Any Millwall player that was playing in that game, the first game after COVID, will, will never forget yeah. the moment that Jed Wallace scored that goal because the supporters were absolutely fantastic. Um fantastic that day. Um gonna talk about some rivals, as we always do. Um these answers tend to be quite bog standard, so um feel free to, to pick the same ones as our other guests, or if you've got any out there that you really don't yeah. like, then that's absolutely fine. Who would you say, first of all, is your most disliked opponent? It can be it could be a team that you don't like, or it can be whenever you see the fix, you think, oh, we never beat them or or how or whatever, whatever you may feel. Um well, I think get the obvious one out mm. there, West Ham. Um but then if I want to, you know, say another one I always think of it's always Barnsley. Mm-hmm. I hate playing Barnsley. They are one of our bony yeah. teams, aren't they? I think I can only ever recall us beating them once or like once, I think the bet when we won two nil, the Ben Marshall there. goal, the Ben mm. Marshall goal. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't there that day, um, but you know, and obviously, you know, Wembley kind of puts this the seal mm. on it, everything. But like, you know, so red. Actually, yeah, there was not, yeah, well, not the season just gone, the season before that, we won one nil there, didn't we? Murray Wallace, ninety yeah. minute header. Um, so they. Yeah, but Barnsley is just like a team we we never. I always feel like we never beat them. It's they are they are a team, and, aren't they? That you, they they are the one for me where I would say you look at the fixtures and you see that coming up and you just go, oh. like, oh, here we yeah. go. They come into the den. You know what's going to happen. You know what's coming, and and it, you always yeah. can can predict it. Um, in it was Rotherham, but I feel like we've turned a slight corner against Rotherham a recently. little bit, a little bit. Yeah, they they do probably for the, from the. Then they aren't no. as bad as Barnsley. I think it's the Wembley thing. I'll never probably get over the Wembley thing. No, and especially uh, as I think with that as well, um, I think they score one of their players. I think it might have been Hurahan scored an absolute weldy. Adam was Hamill, it Hamill? Was yeah, and you, at that point you just thought, oh, they've done it again. Like that, the, yeah. Barnsley, and you know, but. Yeah, they they they're always one that that do that. You sort of, I just I can't stand playing them to be honest. I don't. I, I I think they're in the League One playoff. I think they did make the top six. They are. So I'm hoping. Yeah, I'm rooting for whoever they, whoever they're yeah, playing. Anyone I'm else? Anyone them. else? I think they're playing Bolton, which is even fur, which I think is even further than Barnsley. But yeah, I, I don't mind the travel. Anyway. We travel there. It just means we don't have to go back to <laughs> go back to Barnsley. And obviously, the, the top three rivals you touched on: West Ham, Barnsley. Are obviously, not necessarily a rival. It's just a, a bit of a bogey team. No. So, so two more to to join West Ham. I will put I'll mm-hmm. put Leeds in there. I I, I won't he- I won't I won't hesitate with my top three. For, for me, a top three. The top three is one West Ham, two Crystal Palace, three mm-hmm. Leeds. That is that's the top three for me. Um, I get some people might put an argument in there for Charlton, but I just see him more as like an annoying little brother. It's it's like, interesting, really, and this is a really cool thing to say, but also it's going to make some of our listeners feel really old. Um, you are a supporter that have never seen Charlton beat us, if I'm right, based on your yeah. age, because I think it was in '94 um, or '95 that yeah. that they did. So you, if you, I mean, obviously growing up and having family in the area, I'm sure you must have mates or have come across people that support Charlton. So you have never, yeah, you've never ever seen us lose a child, which is quite cool. But as I say, I, I don't see them. I, they okay, they're the most local team, perhaps. But again, they're in the top five, but the t- the top three is is untouched. yeah. I, I would I would agree, especially. 
I'd, I'd probably put them fourth, actually. In, in your lifetime, my lifetime as well, to a certain extent, I think out of those teams, we've played Leeds more than any of them. So for me, they ha- they have to be in yeah. there because it's just we've played them a lot more than, than perhaps the others. But a couple of, couple of great games yeah. against them as well. Yeah. Saying that. It, you know, not even just, you know, obviously the four free jumps out, doesn't it? But, you know, they don't, they don't like coming down to our place. It's very rare they even get a point down. Mm, but again, at the same time, though, we don't particularly like going there. Um, we've had a couple, no. say, the four three. Obviously, Jimmy Abdu's the one one. Jimmy Abdu's yeah. goal was was great. But um, no, Leeds are always they're, they'll always be there for me because when I was a kid growing up, yeah. Sky just put Leeds on every week. So much probably like yourself, yeah. you probably saw that Leeds were on telly. Leeds this, Leeds that, and fingers crossed that we get them back down. That that might be the only saving grace oh, of nice. not going up this year. Yeah. I've got- I've got one of my mates and I've um, I had it saved on my phone for last year and it didn't pay off, but I haven't deleted it because I knew they'd struggle again this year. It's the it's the have you missed us banner. Yeah. So I'm waiting to send that to him, hopefully come the end of this month. And again. as it's going with, with a couple of results at the weekend, they're in big trouble, Leeds. So um, let's hope. Yeah, but it, it, it'd be nice if, if, if Leicester are listening, only very slim chance they are. If any Leicester players or fans are listening, if you want to up your game a little bit, lads, and get Everton down, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, that'd be, well. that would be great. But again, I think I think they might have the win. We're beating Brighton, giving them a little bit of a boost might have just might have just helped them. But I'll take Leeds if we get if we get them, I'll be I'll be yeah. I'll be more than happy. Um yeah. Coming away from, from rivals, we'll, a couple more questions to go um, and we'll bring it back, obviously, to, to Millwall. If you could change anything about the club, whether it be past, whether it be you're not allowed to say Blackburn on Monday <laughs> so uh, we, because we all would change that. If, but if you could change anything yeah. other than that, would you? Is there anything that you would? Uh, am I allowed to say George Long or is that too similar to, to Blackburn on um, Monday? Yeah, oh, you, go on you can <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry but you know scary thing is I well you know I wouldn't say scary but you know he isn't the worst goalkeeper I've actually probably seen us have you know I, I, I mean I I mean Dave Martin may not have been as bad but I always mm. hate him more for the Brighton thing and then moving straight to West Ham at the end of the season that's just it's mm. just how it is um, so yeah, um, you know, I, I don't think I would change much else because we're, we're a very special football club. Um, there's no other football club that, that compares, you know, I've, I've, I've been to a few more where I've been a way of work and I've been with mates and stuff and nothing, nothing compares. No. And I think it's always interesting, isn't it? When you, if you've got a group of mates that support different teams, I, I've been to a couple of a very good friend of mine sports is an Ebbsfleet fan. So obviously only up the road live in Kent as well. And I don't mind going if Mill were not playing. I, I won't, I would never go. I would never choose to yeah. go over them. I, I mean, I've been going to the odd game, but and I enjoy going to watch the football and it's great when they score and you, and this, that and the other, but it's not the same as your own team. I, I don't say I have a second team. No, I would never say I have a second team because I don't, so I don't care enough about the results to, to, to warrant it. But you're right. We are a special club. And, and, and I think it's, Refreshing because yeah. everyone always gives an answer that they would change something. So it's quite nice to hear someone say no. No. Yeah, it's a bit. I don't have a second team, but you know, I, I'm in Kent. I, I'd quite like you know to see. Um, I, I live quite close to like Tunbridge Wells, so it's. I don't necessarily look out for their results, but it's nice to see Tunbridge Angels and Maidstone United mm-hmm. doing well, just because you know local teams. It's, it's 
just nice, you know, on, on the off chance I do go to one of them, you know, Maidstone were in the National League last season, so they were playing a couple of big teams. Um, so, you know, it's always better to go down there because, you know, you don't want to, like, when they're playing teams like Weymouth and stuff like that, it's like sometimes, you know, particularly with Tunbridge, there's like a, a thousand people there, probably mm. not even that if you're playing a team like Weymouth, whereas if you're playing, um, like, you know, Maidstone playing like Notts County, I think there was almost a thousand Notts fans there, which is, you know, good for the good for the club mm. and good for the area, you know. Um, I think it's probably a bit too much of a stretch to say I'd like to see Gillingham do well. <laughs> um, I know they've got Harris and my best mate supports Gillingham as well, but I think it's just too much of a stretch to say I'd like to see him do well. Yeah, it's one of those, isn't it, where you don't want them to, but if Harris is doing well, you're pleased for him, not the club. It, it, you're happy to see yeah. Harris. Uh, maybe, maybe they can start doing really, really well. Someone needs a manager, Harris then leaves Gillingham and then we can then yeah. cut ties um, a little bit. All-time, yeah. or since you've been supporting the club, favourite shirt? Little shirt. Um, so you, this is like one um, that's quite unique to me. Um, it's the, I can't even think what year it is now. You, we had Euro Ferries on the front, the relegation yep. season. Um there's one reason and one reason only why it's my favourite shirt and it's sitting in my drawer in my room right now. It's because I was mascot that season. Right. Um, so I got to walk out. I think this is, again, I didn't want to say it while I speak about Alan Dunn earlier, but, you know, he's I, I, he was the captain that day. I got to walk out with him and meet all the players and I've got photos of that shirt on. So I think to me that shirt will always hold a special, special place mm-hmm. in my heart. Um, so... It, you know, it's probably my favourite. Um, but I did quite like the green and white away kit we had. That was quite nice as well. If I'm trying to pick one based not on nostalgia, um, the green and white away kit was quite. I nice think it's kit. nice, and I think it's nice to have a story though to go along a kit because a lot of people. Uh, we're a football club that we're not mad on kits and shirts and replica. Like, for example, no. funny enough, I had this conversation today about I have the, the training top from this year the team, a little seven-a-side team that I play and play in black. So I've got the black training kit, but I wouldn't wear it out and about. Yeah. But to have a story that means something to you and have the shirt, and I'm sure you've got the pictures and you'll have, you'll have um, you know, those for forever and you'll be able to look back perhaps when you've got kids of your own. Yeah. Oh, look, I did it in there and you've got the shirt to go, to go with it, which is which is yeah, exactly. quite nice. So. And that leads me on to, it might be, it might not be, but the, the best piece of memorabilia that you own. Um, so for me, yes, that's the best piece I own. But so in my family, um, when my dad and my, when my granddad used to take my dad and my uncle, um, there was one time where there was a, um, a road sign of Zampa Road. It was just left lying like in a, like a scrapyard like near the, near the ground I think this is at the old ground um and my granddad said to my dad go over and climb and get it and we'll take it home and my dad was like no I'm not doing that my uncle was like I'll go on then I'll do it so he climbed over and got it so it's actually got SE15 on rather than SE16 um but no he's got that in his back garden now uh, which is it's quite a, it's quite a quite a niche little bit of memorabilia so I quite like that one um Granddad also had a little bit of turf from the old den, but he left at his old house when right. he moved. So that's a shame. That's a shame. I think there's a lot of people out there that yeah. did, did, that you can see pictures now of people digging up the ground. They even get them at grounds today that people still do that. So um, 
It's a shame yeah. that obviously you didn't have that. But again, with 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 memorabilia, I think again as a football club, we we are that the supporters, you know, having shirts and things. Nothing against it. Nothing wrong with it. I've I've still got I've got lots of shirts that I've kept from over the years since I was a kid, and I probably will keep growing up. But people, a lot of people don't have it, so it's nice that you've got those memories. You've got obviously you know, some great family yeah. sign and, and stuff. Um, well. That is that is the, the the final question. As I said at the top of the show, Dan is going to be joining or has joined that Millwall podcast. He he's one of us now. He's um, in the group chat, and and that's it. You're cemented now as as one of the panelists. So Dan, it's been really cool to to get your story. Obviously, the guys will hear a lot more from you over the coming months and next season. Any any final thoughts um, to say? No, I'm just. Uh, yeah, as Stephen said, I'm joining. I'm joining the panel now. I'm looking forward to um, you know adding to the already uh, top content that the podcast produces, and hoping to enhance and add to it more um, by bringing my uh, ho- hopefully brilliant analysis and insight into the uh, into it. But no, yeah. So uh, hopefully none of you get bored of hearing my voice. After it's really interesting, Dan, and obviously for our listeners as well that you are because obviously of your age, it's going to be really fun when you do shows with us because we always like to have a little bit of a dig with Mickey that um, a couple of us are a bit younger than him. So you even top some of us. So, so um, we will be, we will be using that. And when he comes back to edit this, I'm sure one of us will get a text or a phone call off of him. So he'll, he'll, he'll love that. But um, that's been, um, who are you with Dan? As I say, Dan, um, Get used to him, get used to his face, get used to his voice because you're going to be hearing a lot a lot more from him. Um, however, this is the final Who Are You of the season. Um, we stopped, brought this back and we've had one continuously now for the last few months, but obviously with the season coming to an end um, and obviously with our new panellists, we thought it'd be nice to end with, with, with his show. So when you're watching this, unfortunately, this will be the last one, um, only for a little while. Um, they will be coming back in the new year. We've got lots of big things planned, hence why we've got Dan on board and you might see a couple more faces um, over the summer. Not just transfers for Millwall, but, but incomings for, for the podcast as well. So um, we hopefully you've enjoyed the content on this. Hopefully, obviously, Chat With Chaps has been fantastic. Um, if you haven't seen some of those, I know it's really difficult with um, perhaps to, to listen back to about the Blackburn game, but his review on that was absolutely superb and, and, and one of the best ones you'll, you'll probably listen to if you choose to. Um, there'll be videos going out over the summer as always um follow us across socials obviously for ourselves um if you'd like to, to you know follow us come and chat with us obviously our, our twitter handles mine and dan's are on the screen we're, we're more than happy to to, to to talk to fans and perhaps talk about getting you on the show that's been the mill podcast who are you the final one for 22 23 season we'll see you all very soon and thank you very much for watching please like and subscribe Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.